everyone, and welcome to Farm Bureau on the Hill. I'm Amy Beckham, and joining me for this week's legislative update is Shelby Vinoy from our Public Policy Division. So Shelby, this has been an exciting week for many, many reasons, but first off, let's talk about American Farm Bureau Convention in Salt Lake. Um, we obviously had two national winners, wife and our winners, Justin Hargrove and Matthew McClanahan. Uh, couldn't be more stoked for those two guys and just really proud of how they represented Tennessee, as well as Jessica and Cody Girls for representing Tennessee super well as well. But I wasn't able to make the the trip, but you were there, Shelby, and just give us a little uh, rundown of what happened and how Salt Lake, Utah was. Well, Salt Lake was salty um, and warmer actually there than it was here in Tennessee. So to those of uh, y'all who um, were here dealing with the sub sub-zero temperatures and frozen water and out there busting water for livestock and trying to keep pipes open, we definitely had you in mind. However, I was very glad not to be a part of your ranks, um, although my husband probably was not, but it was a good trip. And it was so hard to beat what happened Monday with Justin and Matthew's accomplishments. But nonetheless, on Tuesday, the voting delegates met, um, very similar to Tennessee's process. We have a, a vigorous policy development process on the national level as well. So voting delegates had the opportunity to discuss um, some artificial intelligence policy, some things with federal immigration policy and how the the visa process looks for those who come on an on the h2a program and overall we were in that room all day tuesday and and president duvall of course was also re-elected as president of american farm bureau and he led some really good discussion as well on on a multitude of issues but their their book is a lot thicker than ours and so the discussion was a lot more robust but tennessee's lucky enough to have the largest voting delegate body and we were well represented that day as well so but we are sure glad to be home and while the whole crew was in salt lake city there were plenty of things going on here so y'all did miss a couple of days the legislature was back in session they obviously took a week off and so you haven't heard from us in a week uh because they were out all last week because of the snow but while we were at AFBF, um, Shelby, tell us some of the good news that we were able to get. Yeah, so during American Farm Bureau Convention, our state board of directors usually meets and kind of gets an overview for what's going to happen in the the year to come. And part of what that looks like from our shop is, is having the discussion with them about what our priority issues are going to look like. And thankfully, we met on Monday morning and had a discussion with them. And of course, by this point, we've already been in session, what should have been our third week of session, but ended up being our second because of the snow. So with bill filing deadline looming in the distance, we were still able to propose some general ideas to the board and and we're thankful enough to have their approval. So this year we will have four main priority issues that we're looking at, as well as a multitude of other engagement opportunities for our team and for our membership. The first priority issue um, actually is a continuation and we hinted at this last year. We've hinted at it already this year, but Our first priority issue is our constitutional amendment to prohibit a statewide property tax, HJR 81. Senator Frank Nicely is going to pick up the baton from Representative Darby and take on that legislation this year in the Senate. Um, This year, it just has to have a majority vote on the floor. So uh, because there isn't a subcommittee process in the Senate, we will be on the floor. uh, Perhaps one of our most asked about issues and most discussed issues throughout our policy development process is the matter of farmland loss. 
And Amy, we've talked about this for two or three years now, and we've got great partners at the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture. Um, Dr. Martinez and his team have done vigorous amounts of research and, and spreadsheets upon spreadsheets of information as well as Commissioner Hatcher and his team at the Department of Ag, they are all committed to not necessarily reversing the loss that we've already had. We, re we recognize that there's not much we can do about that, but just being smarter about how we grow into the future. We're not against the idea of growth. We just want to be better planners and better stewards of the the non-renewable resource, which is land. So with that, we are supporting a farmland uh, preservation program, which I came in today thinking that we would have to be super vague about this idea and, and just kind of hint around at the idea of what we would like the program to look like. Um, however, while we were in Salt Lake, we found out that Governor Lee has uh, filed an administration bill, which would address this topic. Very good. Well, that's exciting. Uh, you want to give us a little details in terms of what that means and what that even kind of looks like? Sure. So it is still incredibly early with administration bills. So typically what happens with those is they're filed by both chambers uh, majority leader. So the House version has been filed. The Senate version has not hit the system yet, which uh, is not a reason to fret. Some senators are like me where they like things to be in order, so they file their bills all at once. So they're all in chronological order. So I'm telling myself that that is what Leader Johnson is waiting on. So Leader Johnson, if you're listening, please file the Senate version. <laughs> um, but in summary, so it creates what is called a Purchase of Agricultural Conservation Easement Program or a PACE program. Just over 25 other states have a program very similar to this, which is in short, an agriculture conservation easement is a voluntary non-possessory interest of a holder in real property. So the limitations that are set by having this easement are intended to preserve, maintain, and enhance the condition of agriculture. So it, it's a perfect program to mitigate farmland loss. The particular legislation in its current form allows the Department of Agriculture to promulgate rules. So the language doesn't necessarily outline what exactly that program looks like, but it allows the department the flexibility to make changes either now or five, 10 years down the road once the program is, is up and established to better suit the needs of landowners and farmers in Tennessee. It creates the fund which would pay for the easements. So that would be subject to annual appropriation. The legislature can choose to add money to that each year. So we're looking forward to kind of seeing how that goes. And that, that will probably be second to the constitutional amendment, which we've been working on for over a year. That one will take precedent. Because it is one of the governor's pieces of legislation that he's choosing to run with, we're hopeful that we'll learn more about that at the state of the state. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. That's coming up upon us. We can talk about that later. But our last two priority issues are what we're referring to as the Tasser Solar Study Implementation Bill. So taking some of those recommendations that the Tennessee Advisory Commission on Intergovernmental Relations put together, and they had a couple hundred page report that they left us with last fall. So codifying some of those things as far as resources for landowners, local governments, and utility companies, clarifying some of the, the Brownfield law that we talked about last year, Amy, ma making sure that that language is abundantly clear that solar development is qualifiable under the Brownfield legislation. Um, other things in, include grid disconnection, the megawatt threshold for decommissioning plans, and lots of other things that 
I could bore you all with, but just know that we are working on implementing the Tasser Solar Study. And then finally, Senator Paige Wally has filed legislation which would increase the maximum land eligible in the Greenbelt program to 5,000 acres. Currently, the Greenbelt acreage, what I've been referring to as the ceiling, is 1,500 acres. So minimum of 15, maximum of 1,500. This legislation would up that ceiling to 5,000 acres. Of course, anytime you get to digging into laws that are relative to, to taxes and, and, and property assessments, that does come at a cost. So we, we expect that fiscal impact to be great, but it's a conversation that we think we need to have, and we're ready to continue beating the drum on that one. And that one, kind of in a non-direct way, but almost in a direct way, could be beneficial to help farmland loss, correct? Am I thinking tracking that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Greenbelt reform, Greenbelt's been around since the 80s, and it's a program that has withstood the test of time, but we've seen a substantial growth. We've lost almost half a million farmland acres since 2017 alone. So Greenbelt is one of those things that when it was established, the formula and everything that was put together in Greenbelt has worked and continues to work, but maybe it is one of those things that we need to take a look at in order to increase the options for farmers and landowners across the state. Some other engagement opportunities that we have are not necessarily priority issues, but things that we're watching. Education, I've mentioned that before, the Governor's Education Freedom Scholarships. That's something that we're kind of keeping our finger on once language comes out. We haven't seen language on that yet, but we'd like to kind of keep an eye on that. Local property taxes, aside from our own statewide property tax ban, there's lots of discussion about the rate at which reappraisals occur. I think there's conversation also about capping the rate at which a county could raise property taxes in a single year. Those are all things that as that language comes about, we're looking at. Um, we're also part of a, of a wetlands conversation. That's something that the Tennessee Chamber has been working with um, Chairman Kevin Vaughn on. Lots of other small things that we'll be involved in throughout the year. One thing, though, that I would like to brag about is our coworker, uh, Dan Strasser, has been appointed to the UT Martin Advisory Board. This is an appointment that has to undergo legislative confirmation. So this is one of those issues that Kevin and I have been meeting with members on the education committee this week. And it's a fun one to lobby because we don't have a, there's not a right and wrong answer about this particular issue. He's our friend and, and we're super excited for him. So that's been one that we've kind of been able to sport lobby a little bit this week and get to tell those education committee members how great our coworker Dan is. So that'll happen the first week of February. And as a UT alum, you're not sad about that either, right? No, as a, as a Martin UT Martin Skyhawk, I am thrilled that Dan is has reached this this part of his career. So, I think I've mentioned this before. Bill filing deadline is next week, so cue the dramatic music. Once we get through that, I think we'll be able to talk about some of these other engagement opportunities a lot better. But we're bill filing deadlines next week, and the following Monday, we'll hear what Governor Lee has to say in his state of the state. Very good. Well, it doesn't seem like it's um, time for Governor to uh, release his state of the state, but it's obviously a lot of information that y'all are kind of waiting for to know what the budget's going to look like. So how can folks listen um, and tune in to that state of the state? So there's a few different options. Um, I believe Governor Lee's team streams that on Facebook, so you can watch it on Facebook Live. Um, if you want a more direct link, though, if you go to capital.tn.gov, there is a link up top for videos. You'll go to videos and then hit joint because the state of the state is one of those fun times when 
both the House and the Senate come together in the House chamber and hold a joint convention of the General Assembly. So Lieutenant Governor McNally or perhaps Speaker Pro Temp Hale as well as Speaker Sexton will be the presidents over the joint convention and they'll invite Governor Lee into the chamber to bring his address. So again, capital.tn.gov um, and then click on videos and joint as well as Facebook Live. And I think, Amy, you've shared a few things on our social media as well. So uh, just keep an eye on all of that and um, from there, we'll see the budget, and Kevin and I will kind of have our marching orders for what are some things we're going to be looking at, and then we'll be deep in the trenches before we know it. Very good. Um, it is hard to believe that the first month of 2024 is almost over, yeah. and y'all are rocking and rolling, and before we know it, uh, it'll be March. So uh, I'm going to take full advantage of this next month of doing podcasts <laughs> with you, um, because after uh, March 1, it'll have to be somebody else on my team, because uh, I'm expecting my first little one. But I'm going to enjoy this next uh, month for sure. Um, but speaking of March, Give us some ideas, um, some things that I'm going to miss, but give us some ideas of um, what folks need, need to have on the calendar. So the first thing that's on my calendar is baby Beckham's arrival. So I don't know about y'all, but uh, mark your calendars. Um, but also in March, we do have a lot of different opportunities for our folks to get engaged and involve themselves with their legislators. Um, legislative visits are March 12th and 13th. And Nashville will do the same legislative briefings for our folks before we send them to Capitol Hill to meet with their lawmakers. So if you've not been approached by your county for that and you would be interested in attending those, please contact your county Farm Bureau secretary. Um, and then the week after, we get to celebrate perhaps one of the grandest days on the hill in Nashville. Um, Ag Day on the Hill is going to be Tuesday, March the 19th, and our planning committee has gotten right down to it as far as planning and, and getting things ready and and making sure that the contest for this year is just as competitive and, and good as always. And we look forward to hosting our industry partners on the Beth Harwell Plaza, as well as um, our lawmakers to show them the importance of our industry. So although I look forward to those two dates in March, I will be fine if it took its time because we're going to need a minute recovering between Salt Lake and Bill filing deadline. <laughs> and uh, all the snow and missing a week yeah. of the legislature for sure. So anything else before we close? Not that I know of, just stay in, stay engaged, stay involved. One thing that we're doing differently this year with our legislative alerts is if you'll scroll down to about halfway through this week's legislative alert, you can take a look at next week's committee calendars. So we've broken it up in the Senate and the House. And if there's a, a committee that maybe you're interested in seeing what kind of business they're doing that week, you can click on the name of that committee and it'll take you to that week's calendar. Um, our, all of our bill tracking that's typically at the bottom of our alert, we'll start doing that after next week's bill filing deadline. So you can get an idea of what we're tracking, but the best grassroots leader is one that pays attention and, and understands what's going on in the in the state and on the federal level. So if you're looking to be involved, I would definitely recommend checking out those committees, which may interest you, as well as the rest of the alert for that matter. Yeah, y'all spend a good amount of time on that, um, and we appreciate Appreciate all of that information. So thanks for a great update, Shelby. And thank y'all for tuning in and listening to some of our priority issues and what's going on in the legislature. And we'll give, I'm sure, a big update next week once things get a little more finalized and we can provide you with some more information. So thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week.